Now, my Bible reading today is taken from the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 9, and I'm going to read verses 1 through to 8, all right? Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 through to 8. We're reading, of course, from the authorized version, and if you have your Bible, turn to the place and follow the reading. So we'll not only hear the words, but we'll see them. And for those online, and we do welcome our online community this morning, we pray the Lord will bless them and be with them. So wherever you're listening from, we welcome you in the Lord's name. These words will come up on the screen, but we would encourage you to find the place if you have a copy of the Bible and read it for yourself. And if you would like a Bible, please contact us and we'll supply you with one free of charge. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 1. Nevertheless, the dimness shall not be such as was in her vexation, when at the first he lightly afflicted the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, and afterward did more grievously afflict her by the way of the sea beyond Jordan and Galilee of the nations. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. Thou hast multiplied the nation and not increased the joy. They joy before thee according to the joy in harvest, and as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For thou hast broken the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, as in the day of Midian. For every battle of the warrior is confused noise, and garments rolled in blood. But this shall be with burning and fuel of fire. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Amen. We know the Lord will stamp with his own approval and blessing this reading of his own precious and infallible word. Now, my text this morning is taken from Isaiah chapter 9 and the verse 2. And this is what the word of God says. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. And I want to read one other text, John chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. In him, speaking of Christ, was life, and the life was the light of man. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Now my theme this morning is lessons from the lights of Christmas. And I have a box with me that's full of Christmas lights. Hope it doesn't fall. 
All right. Now, these lights can be used to decorate your house at Christmas time. They can be used to decorate a tree in the garden or maybe the Christmas tree in the house. See, when you think of a Christmas tree, you're thinking of installing the bear tree. It's real or it's artificial. And the first thing that you put on the Christmas tree is the lights before you add the bows and the baubles and the ribbons and the tinsel and the star and the fairy. I wonder if there's a star or fairy in your Christmas tree in your home. Do you know what one man did in Coleraine? He couldn't find a star or a fairy. He got the fairy bottle and put it on top of the tree and took a picture of it and says to everybody, look at my fairy. And of course, some people thought he was daft. And we could maybe say in a sense, he was. But the first thing that you do Christmas time, when you bring the Christmas tree in, real or artificial, is you put the lights on. And that's what I want us to think about this morning. I want us to think about lessons from the lights of Christmas. Now we're going to think for a moment, you with me children? The producer of lights. Because where did these lights come from? You could say, well, a shop. Or maybe an online shop that was posted and delivered. The answer is yes, but, but where did the shop get them? You might think, well, a distributor. That is a warehouse, a middleman. Yes, but, but where did the distributor get them? And it goes all the way back to the manufacturer. It goes right all the way back to the factory. And in the factory, there's a special room called the design room. And these lights that I have, this is the original box they come out of, they're called Jingles. 1,500 ultra-bright, multifunction, low-voltage LED lights. You see, the idea came to an individual in the design room that he wanted to make and sell a product called Christmas lights. And here's the point. These lights have a maker. Somebody made them. They didn't just appear. Suppose I had the wire, and suppose I had bulbs, and suppose I had a plug, and, and, and I suppose I had fixtures to put the, plugs into, the bulbs into, and they were just lying in a corner. Well, what have I got, boys and girls? I've just got wires, I've got a plug, I've got bulbs, I've got little things to put the bulbs into, but that's all that I have. You see, they had to be assembled to put together. Not only had to be designed, but they had to be assembled. They're not going to come together by themselves. And boys and girls, that's a picture of you and me. You see, I taught you this morning already, Jesus loves me, but here's another three-word of truth. God made me. Can you say that? God made me. Think of that. You see, God has made us in his image. Listen to what the Bible says, Genesis 1, verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. You see, the Bible teaches, boys and girls, that in him we move and live and have being. We're made in the image of God. We're, we're creatures that are totally and absolutely dependent on God. Our ability to live and to walk and talk and breathe all comes as a gift from him. And, and all the gifts that we have materially and temporally, they've all come from heaven above. He, he has sent them into our lives. Uh, you see, he made us a very special 
way. He put into us the breath of life. He took the dust of the ground and built a human body and breathed into that body the breath of life and man became a living soul. And you see, that's why you're special. You're unique. Do you know that each of us have a DNA that's separate and distinct and unique from everybody else? See, that makes you special. And for you to remember this Christmas time, the producer of lights, it's this, God is your maker and God is your creator. And yet, sadly, we don't think of him. Sadly, we live without him. Sadly, we forget him. Now, think of something else. The purpose of lights. In the design room, when the man designed the lights, he designed them for a special purpose. Now, what is that purpose? What do you think that purpose is? Well, I tell you, the purpose is to shine. The purpose is to light up. There'd be no good me putting these lights in my Christmas tree or outside my house or in the tree in my garden if they didn't work. Wouldn't that be silly, Brick? I think it would. Somebody would say, there's a poor dafty there. He's put lights on and they don't work. You see, the purpose of the lights is to shine. And do you know, boys and girls, God made you and me for a purpose. Over in John chapter 8, we read these words in verse 12. Listen to this. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. See, man's chief end, according to our catechism, is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And we were singing glory to the newborn king. You see, that's why God has made us. To glorify God and to enjoy him forever. You see, only God in Jesus Christ can help you fulfill the purpose for what you made. God made you to shine for Christ. God made you to bring glory to him. God made you so that you could love him and, and serve him and honor and obey him. In other words, you were made for God. And maybe you're thinking to yourself, why am I alive? Why am I a boy and girl? Why is there human beings in the earth? And here's the ultimate purpose for every human being to bring honor and glory to God so that they would love, honor, and obey him and shine and work for him. I want you to think thirdly this morning of a problem with the lights. Now, you're going to look at this box. You've got a cat. You're going to think, why has Mr. McLaughlin got this set of lights in this box for cat food well here's the answer whenever I plugged them in guess what they didn't work the lights didn't shine I pressed the light switch but they didn't turn on boys and girls now years ago when lights didn't work and I remember back when I was a boy a long long time ago and you had Christmas lights you had bulbs that screwed in Wilfie probably remembers them screwed in ones. But when they didn't work, you'd got a problem because you had to screw every bulb. And if the filament inside was blue, then you had to insert a new bulb. And then you go to the next bulb and check it. And when you got to down the line, let's say there was 200 bulbs and you got to 195 and you thought, oh, I found the one that's broken. And you're probably sweating and frustrated and your wife's wondering why hasn't you got those lights fixed? But thank the Lord, technology has moved on from the screw-in bulbs. And all we have to do now is place the switch and hopefully they'll work. But these lights were broke. These lights 
need it to be repaired. And more than that, I had a very skillful electrician, Rosemary will bear testimony, and he looked at the lights, and this is what he said. You need a new transformer. The problem's your transformer. Okay. Well, I thought to myself, I'll get a second opinion. It's always good to get a second opinion, isn't it? If I got a second opinion, and this man doesn't purport to be a skillful electrician. Now, maybe he does have uh, letters after his name that he is a qualified electrician, but I get him to look at it. And do you know what? He's in this church. And he had them fixed in no time. And he sent me a picture. And the lights were on. And I was thinking, the problem with the lights, they wouldn't turn on. And you see, many people have no light because they don't have Jesus Christ, the light of the world. And therefore they, they walk and live in darkness. And, and the problem was that that darkness creates gloom and despair and hopelessness. And you see, many today are living with gloom, despair, and hopelessness because they're not shining forth the glory of their Creator. That is, they're not tuned into Him. Sadly, they have the darkness of sin. Many want nothing to do with God. They, they want to do their own thing in their own eyes. They're breaking God's law. And they've got a broken link, just like the light's not turning on. And the lights need to be repaired. The wires that were broken needed to be rejoined and reconnected, reconciled in that sense. But there's something else with these lights. Not only would they not turn on, but they're all tangled up. I wonder how many of you went to the attic and brought your Christmas tree lights out and no matter how carefully you rolled them up, you've discovered, like me, they're all tangled up. It's not a picture of many lives today. Life for them is all one big tangled mess. And it's connected to the choices we make and the decisions that we have taken. You see, the attitude, and listen to me carefully, boys and girls, men and women, young people, Here's the attitude of many today, in our, especially among the youth. I know better than God. I don't need God, and I don't need to go God's way, and I'll do what's right in my own eyes. I'm my own boss. It's my business what I do. I don't think of God, or Jesus Christ, or heaven, or hell, or sin, or my soul, or salvation. And yet all the time, God has an amazing, unique, special saving plan for your life. But you don't want God's plan for your life. You're thinking of my life, my way. And you know, the Bible gives a very important lesson, boys and girls. When your life's a tangled mess, this is what God would say to you. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not in thine own understanding. You see, the life that we live, the tangled mess, is all connected to our sin. The lies that we tell, the things that we steal, the jealousy that we have, the madness that we display in things that are going on. And, and only God in Christ can make the crooked places straight. Only God in Christ can enable you to become an untangled self. To untangle these lights, you need someone else to help. 
And you need Jesus Christ to come and untangle the mess of your life. To straighten you out, in a sense. So there's the problem with the lights. They wouldn't turn on and they're a tangled mess. Something else, the power of the lights. You see, I was delighted when I got the picture on the WhatsApp. When the lights were plugged in, the lights came on. And you see, when these lights are plugged in, if I can find the bulb. Yes, here it's here, look. When it's plugged into the mains electricity. Now, I should have brought a lead with me and tried them. Sorry. But when they're plugged in, I can assure you, these lights work. And it's the same with our lives. When we're savingly joined to Jesus Christ to become new creatures, we have power to live, power to love him, power to honor him, power to obey him, power to shine for him, power to uh, fulfill the purpose that he made us. Now, it's not by ourselves. These lights don't work by themselves. It's not by our own ability. This power to love and live for the Lord and be kind and thoughtful and generous, it's all connected to being in Christ. See, the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have passed away and all things have become new and all things are of God. Young people, boys and girls, do you know him? Is he your Lord? Is he your Savior? Have you trusted in him? Are you a new creature in Christ? Do you realize that it's his power that's at work in you? In a sense, if I use this expression, plugged into Christ. These lights have to be plugged into the mains, electricity to work. And for you to function properly and fulfill your purpose, you have to be savingly joined to Christ. And it's good that you go to church. And I want to encourage you to come to church every Sunday, because the Bible says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And I believe it's a sin not to come to church on a Sunday. And you're going to say to me, but you know, I read my Bible, and it's great you read the Bible. It's the most precious book. Do you know this is the greatest treasure that you could have? Even more than all the wealth and of gold and silver in the world. If somebody was to come and give you a, 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 a We'll put it in a figure that we can blow our minds. A hundred million pounds. But you can never read the Bible. You can never think of God's word. I would choose God's word because it's more precious than gold. And maybe you're saying to me, well, I pray. And that's good. It's good to go to church. It's good to pray. It's good to read the Bible. But here's the key thing. Do you know and love Jesus Christ? Are you savingly joined to him? Because it's only when you're savingly joined to him that the power of Christ begins to shine forth in and through you. We're called Christians. That's what we call ourselves because we're savingly joined to Christ. It's not about being religious. It's about being reconciled to God through trusting in Christ so that you can fulfill your function and fulfill your um, calling in life. Another thing that I want to share with you is this, the purity of the lights. Um, let's look at this box. What color do you think these lights are, boys and girls? Joel, what color do you think they are? It says ultra bright white LEDs. Well, we guess white. Yeah, they're all nodding. Tired this morning. Ultra white. Now, you see, if you look at Christmas lights, Christmas lights can be green, Christmas lights can be blue. 
And Christmas lights can be red. And I've drove around carried off, I've walked around carried off, and we've seen loads of people with Christmas trees outside, their own trees all decorated with different coloured lights, green and blue and red. And every one of those colours have a special meaning. But this box that Rosemary and Miriam picked is ultra white. In other words, they're all white. And you see, that got me thinking, boys and girls, because I was thinking of the purity of the lights. White stands for purity. Green for growth. Red for precious blood. Blue for heaven. But white stands for purity. Now listen to this verse. If we go back to Isaiah chapter 9. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. Now what sort of light was it? It was a true, pure light. And that life was light. And that life was the light of man. The true light that had come into the world was Jesus Christ. You see, in the context, Isaiah the prophet says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And it was addressed originally to a people that were walking in darkness. You see, Isaiah the prophet, 700 years before Christ came, he came preaching a message. And you'll think, well, it was a message of love, yeah. But it was more than that. It was a message from God that wasn't very popular in Israel in those days. And here's the reason. The judgment of God was to fall on the nations, especially the nation of Israel. And Isaiah told them that the king of Assyria was going to come and invade the land of Israel, take it over. The Assyrian army was going to come in like a great flood of, of, of a mighty river. And everything's going to be destroyed. Everything's going to be taken over. And, and you think of when it happens, there's going to be great darkness. There's going to be doom and gloom and sadness in the land. Incredible darkness. Deep darkness. And God allowed it. You know, God allows the dark times to come. Christmas is a happy time, but as I said, a sad time. And yet, even in those sad times, let's remember that God allows the dark times to come. And he oftentimes allows the dark times to come into our lives to get our attention. And maybe you're listening to me right now, and your whole world has come crashing down. And great darkness, incredible darkness is upon you, and you're wondering, what can I do? How can I cope with this? You think of those that are coping with the loss of a precious little child at Christmas. You, you think of a, a, a daughter that's sitting at the bedside of a dad who's gasping for breath and about to go out into eternity. You, you think of those who have lost a dear dad or a dear mum at this time of the year. You think of someone who's struggling with a, a, an incredible illness. And you feel this is as bad as it's going to get for me. I want to say this to you, remember. Look at the first word in Isaiah chapter 9. Nevertheless. You're saying this morning, my world is crashing down around me. This is as bad as it's going to be. Look at this, nevertheless. You see, the darkness gave way to the light. And the light draws you to that great light. That's the picture. 
And God's light, boys and girls, is Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ, as God's light, darks up a light world. He's the true light, the great light. As I've said, the purity of the light, for he said, I'm the light of the world. One final thing this morning. Think of the price of these lights. I wonder how much they cost. It says 75 meters long. Now, I haven't got a tape measure, and we're not going to measure them because we'd have to go right round the church, and you would think that that would be silly. But I can tell you, these lights cost a lot of money. How much? Well, I didn't buy them. We'd have to ask Miriam or Rosemary. But I think they were somewhere in the round about 100 pounds. That's a lot of money for lights. If they'd asked me, I'd probably said, well, less would do. Sammy's smiling. He knows me. Less would do. Half the price. We'll try to get them cheaper. Phone up Mark Strong and see if we can get them on the internet somewhere cheaper. But anyway, this was what they cost, about a hundred pounds. You see, when God sent a son, there was a cost involved. We were saying there, for God, what, so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So it costs God to give the greatest and the best Christmas present ever. God the Father gave God the Son, and he, he was incarnated, the Bible tells us, in the womb of the Virgin. He left heaven, and, and he was born as a helpless little baby into this sinful earth. And do you know what, boys and girls? You listening as we finish? He was born to die. Imagine that. How do we know that that baby, imagine a baby when it's born, everybody's joyous and happy. But this baby was born to die. How do we know that? You know, the Bible tells us in the Gospel of Luke, not only was he born in Bethlehem, but they laid him in a manger. I wonder what a manger is. I'll tell you, it was a feeding trough for animals. Imagine that. You're thinking, well, you were in a baby, you were put into a nice little cot or, or into a, a, a carrying thing with two handles on it. But the baby Jesus was put into a feeding trough for animals. And let me tell you something else. Whenever he was born, do you know the cloth that Mary wrapped him in? See, when you were born as a baby, you had nice little clothes. Pink thing for the girls, blue things for the boys. Nice little outfits from granny and granda and other family members and friends. But you know what they had for Jesus? The Bible tells us swaddling clothes. Now, when you think of the word swaddling, you know what that means. And you're thinking of clothes. You see, the swaddling clothes were strips of cloth that was used to wrap a dead body in. So the first cloth that touched the baby Jesus was the shroud of death. And you see, that was prophecy. That was an indicator. That was a pointer that this little baby was special. This little baby was unique because this baby was actually, listen to me, he was born to die. That's how God gave his son. Not only gave him from heaven to earth, but once he was on the earth, he was indicating he was born to die. See, remember the Lord Jesus lived a sinless life, went all the way to the cross, died an atoning death. And here's the purpose of that death, so that you could be cleansed from all of your sin, so that your sins could be forgiven, so that he could come and live in your heart and live in your life, and you could have life to the full, and you could enjoy that very purpose for which God made you. That's what we mean. The price 
of the Christmas lights. So as you think of this Christmas, remember the producer of the lights, God made you special. Remember the purpose of the lights, they were to shine. Remember the problem of the lights, they wouldn't turn on because they were broken, they needed to be repaired, and that's a picture of you. And all tangled up, and our life can be a tangled mess, and only one can straighten us out, and that one's the Lord Jesus. And let's think as well of the purity of the lights. Let's think as well of the price and the power of the light. The Lord bless you. Thank you for coming this morning. And let me take the opportunity again just to wish you not just a happy Christmas, but to a happy eternity.